Oh, Cresh is heading out, so if you've got any little ones there. And the children uh, have gone up to Holy Trinity. Um, so, so it's either a walk or they can stay and listen. If you, if you don't recognize me, I'm Steve. It's, it's, it's been a while if you've not been to any of the Christmas things, but um, every seven years that the, they allow uh, Baptist ministers to have a sabbatical, it's a, it's a three-month break to study, uh, to refresh, um, and so I've just had mine over the autumn period, which has been fantastic, and it's, it's great to be back in. And so I, I want to share some of the things that I'm learning. I'd, lo- I'd love to say I'd lo- want to share what I have learned, but these are quite practical, and they take some time to, to get going in your life. In fact, one of them that I'm trying to do is almost seems impossible, but I am still going. So I want to share some with you, but I want you to know that I am no expert Okay, just like us all, we are learners, and, uh, and some people will be better at this than what I am. So we, we're going to be speaking on a, a few things, but I have learned to be a bit more technical. Wait to see my slide this morning. <laughs> nearly there, nearly there, right there. Are we ready? Here we go. you think, eh? <laughs> Not brilliant, but it's a start. Uh, so our series over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at following the way. Um, so Jesus came and he, he lived among us and he set a pattern for us to follow. Um, and, and so there was things that, that he did that we, we don't really know a lot about. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at four different areas. Now, you guys might be good at this better than what I am, but the four areas, today we're going to be talking about prayer. Anyone an expert in prayer? I'm pretty good at prayer. Well, that was the reputation I had when I was at Bible college. They thought I was like on it. Because one day, our, 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 our evangelist at college sent us off to pray for, um, for people that you know, I mean, we love, that we're going to share our faith with. And so off we all went, different parts of the college. I went into the chapel. I had a cushion. I put it down. And I, I lay in the cushion. And I started to pray for my friends back home. Someone came and woke me up just before lunch. <laughs> but only that person who woke me up, who was my roommate, and the, the guy, the evangelist, said, he was going, we would all should be like Steve, just praying and praying and praying. I thought, trying to wipe the bit from inside my face where I'd been dribbling through my sleep. But uh, none of us are expert in prayers. So we're looking at prayer. We're going to be looking at Sabbath. Anyone Sabbath here? Well, that's interesting. Um, the next one is um, solitude, finding a space to be quiet so that we can connect with God. And the last one is going to be looking at fasting. I thought you'd like that one. Some of us need to fast, don't we? Yeah, most of you are okay. So anyway, um, I don't know if you know this. Um, Backrub was the name of a company before they changed that very famous company. Anyone know what Backrub became? 
oh no, I didn't know this. So yeah, they, well, the, the first name of Backrub, it was, um, became what we call Google. The first name they came up with, let's call it Backrub. I'm not sure if I prefer Backrub to, to Google. What, what, what about this one? Brad's Drink. That's what it was called. People would go in and go, I couldn't have a, a Brad's Drink, please, and they'd get it. But anyone tell me what it is? I am Brew. Brewed on Scotland from Girders. Uh, no, 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 we wouldn't give it a silly name like that. <laughs> oh, it's actually Pepsi. So, so Pepsi came, it was known as Brad. Bra- what about this one? Pete's Super Submarines. Excellent, you know, got that one, you're getting the hang of this now. So. You know, when, when, when Christianity started, you know, I mean, we weren't always called Christians. This is from Acts chapter 11, it's just a throwaway verse, not even the whole verse, it's a bit before it. But it is a, to nothing, it puts this, the disciples were called Christians first to Antioch. This is years and years after Jesus had gone back to heaven. They were known as something else before we got there. Does anyone know the call before we were called Christians? Yeah, followers of the way. That's what we were called. And I quite like that. Because it shows that uh, it, it, it's, there's something to follow. There's, there's a way of doing it. And, and, and I imagine like you, you're, you're sitting going, well, why would they come up with that name? It's not the coolest name. I get Christians, better name. But what, why, why call them the way? And I think it comes, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but I think it will come from... Um, John chapter 14. Jesus said this. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's uh, house has many rooms. If that were not so, I wouldn't have told you that. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be where with me, and you'll also be where I am. You know, where, you know the way to the place where I'm going. <laughs> Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, or how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Basically, Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the way. When he came, he chose 12 young men and says, come, come and adventure with me. Be like me. And I, I don't know if you know, but a, a rabbi, when he gathers his disciples, they would follow everything that he did. Where he walked, they would walk. If he went to the toilet, they would go to the toilet. Where he slept, they slept. It was like a copy of everything that he did. That's why it's not shocking when Jesus comes walking over the water that Peter says, is that really is you, Lord? Then tell me to get out the boat and walk towards you. Because if he does it, then I ought to be doing it. That's what it meant. So you followed closely what, what that person did. And that's what his disciples did. And so when he told, when he told them to go and make disciples, that's what they did. They gathered people, and they lived a life, and they could see the life that they were living. 
It same happened when it came to, to Paul. He did exactly the same thing. Oh, sorry, that's what they were called the way. Oh, has anyone got one of these? A pop-up tent. This is a pop-up beach tent. Me and Rachel got one of these, so she can verify it's, it's a great invention. You get to the beach, and you look so cool where you go, I did that in a second. The difficulty comes pulling away. And if you start to read those instructions, you're like, what? I can't. And so Rachel sat on the beach, not helping, can I say, but with the rest of the beach, crying in laughter <laughs> as I am wrestling this thing, trying to get it down and into I, I didn't. I, I wrapped it up, a fruit in the car. When I got back home, I went straight to, to, to the store where I bought it, dropped it in front of the guy and went, that doesn't work. And very coolly, he popped it back up. And then he showed me the twist and the turn, plopped it down and put it in the bag. And I went, whoa, do that again. Four times he did it until I got the hang of how to put it into the bag. Instructions sometimes don't help. You need to see it in practice. And that's how the church went. This is Paul. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put that into practice. You became imitators of us and, and of the Lord. The next verse I really like. And so you became a model to all the believers. This idea that it, there's more to it than just believing the right things. You actually have to put it into practice. There's a way of living Jesus says to his disciples, people will know who you are by the way that you love one another. People will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Not by the way you complain. Not by the things you do on a Sunday. Not by your singing. Not by the way you think or the way you speak. They will know by the way you love one another. You told a parable most scary parable I've, I've, I've ever heard. It said, at the end of time, they say the angels will come back and they'll sort people out like goats and sheep. And you'll say to one group, you'll say, oh, well done. Well done. And Jesus will say, when I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. And when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was, when I was naked, you dressed me. And when I, when I was a stranger, you invited me in. And when I was in prison, you came to visit. Thank you for doing that. And they're like, when? When do we do that? He said, if you do it for the least of me, least of my people, you do it unto me. And to the others, he said the opposite. I was naked and you let me be. I was hungry and you let me starve. I was thirsty and there was no drink. I was a stranger and you ignored me and I was in prison and you never visited. And he said, to you guys, you can clear off. Because what you didn't do for my people, you didn't do for me. Nothing about believing the right thing, 
They're all about living and loving. And so this pattern of how we live is really important. So we're going to look and be a bit practical over the next few weeks. So four weeks, and we're going to start with prayer. So prayer, Sabbath, solitude, fasting. So let's have a, a look at prayer. I want to take you way, way up north into a small town on the edge of a lake called Galilee. The place was called Capernaum, and Jesus would, would often be found in this town. He'd go there again and again, and it's, it's a Sabbath day. And in that little town, Jesus and his disciples, they go to synagogue because that's their custom. That's what they do. And they're in synagogue, and, and they allow Jesus to teach. And he teaches in a way that no one's ever seen. He teaches with authority. The people are gripped. They're like, whoa, what is this? Then from someone in the room, a voice comes. A man possessed by an evil spirit shouts out, Jesus of Nazareth, we know who you are. And it's weird because at that time, the disciples had real no idea who Jesus was. His family had no idea who he was. He thought he'd gone a bit mad. Uh, The religious leaders, not a clue. I never ever think they ever figured that out. And the Romans, it seemed that no one knew that that world always knew. Have you come here to destroy us? And Jesus commanded that spirit to come out. And with a shriek, it left the man. Could you imagine what that would have felt like? All the people like, wow, who is this? Not only does he speak with authority, but he has authority over, over the spirits. Jesus goes home at Sabbath. He goes back to, to, to Peter's house where he, where he was staying and just to rest. But as he gets in, the news comes that Peter's mom isn't well. And says, Jesus goes over and he grabs her and he lifts her up. And the fever that she had breaks. And she's able to join in the Sabbath day in the celebration. Sabbath comes to an end when the first star appears in the, in the evening sky. And after that does, it sees the whole town gathers at the door. Everyone who's sick, everyone who's, who's got some sort of uh, possession in them, all gather at his door. And it says Jesus goes around and heals all those who are sick and casts out many demons. Could you imagine how exhausted he would have been when he fell into bed that night? If it was me, I would have set that alarm clock to very late. But it says the next day, the disciples go in to find him when it's still dark and he's not there in bed. And they look for him around and and eventually they find him up on the hillside praying to his Father in heaven. And many scholars believe it's at this point that the disciples go, teach us to pray like you pray. Now, I don't know if you know, but but Jewish people teach their kids to pray probably before they teach them to speak. They were being brought up praying. It would have been part of their custom. But there was something different the way that Jesus prayed to the way that these disciples prayed. They, they could see that this, 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 it's different. And they said, we want to pray like you. We want to pray so, so actually things get answered. 
that God moves. So Jesus teaches them to pray. And we're going to flip to to Matthew um, chapter 6. And this is where we'll pick up the teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Oh, it's all on screen. Look at that. I can read. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to, to pray standing in their synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then the Father who sees you, what you've done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. And let's, we all know the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Well, some of it. Let's, let's say it together. I'm not going to put it on the screen, okay? I'll be a bit mean. And you can sit in any version. I don't mind if you're doing trespasses. I quite like trespassing um, because there is no trespass law in Scotland. I always feel I'm, I'm off with all that. But um, you can use sins, uh, whatever you want to use. Right? So let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day a daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Anyone from a Catholic background? You don't get the last bit in the Catholic church, do you? It's is in the scripture. Not in that bit. No, not in that bit. It's in another bit. But yeah, it comes from, comes from I think it's 1 Chronicles 29, something like that. Well done. <laughs> you do say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we let you off. We were not, not criticizing it. <laughs> so, sorry? The indoctrination is gone. Oh, is that all my screens? Am I done? <laughs> you, you know, prayer is, is a way of, of us connecting with God. Um, uh, let's see. Do, does, does anyone do the, the four checks when you, when you go out? I always do four checks when I go out. I'm out anywhere, and I could be anywhere. I go, have I got my phone, my wallet, my keys, and my headphones? Are they? And, and, and if one's missing, you ever go, oh, what have I done with my phone? Oh, uh, where's, where's it going? Do you, do you have that sort of panic? Just me? <laughs> oh, but they're great things, aren't they? Everyone got one of these? Yeah. They're great. You, you can connect with people from around the world. So, so you, you can find out stuff that's brilliant, sometimes just rubbish. It's, you can watch movies and these things. You can, you can listen to music. You can, oh, so much great things you can do. Does anyone camp? Me and Rachel go camping once a year. We go down to the beach, and 
I always thought at this stage, I actually bought a tent a few years ago just for me and Rachel, thinking that the kids would stop coming now they're, they're all old enough. They still come. They come in the other tents and hang around with us and use up our things and put things in our tent and sit in my seats. And, but the, the big thing about camping with us is these things, because everyone's got one, and when you go camping, we don't have any electric. We are old-fashioned, so you know I mean, really old-fashioned. And so what happens is uh, at a certain point in the week, they all start to disappear uh, if you can't connect, because these things are rubbish if you can't connect. Basically, they become a paperweight, you know what I mean, or, or something to panic about over nothing, because if you can't connect it to a power source, it's no good. And we are a bit like that as well. Because the power source for us is connecting to God. That's what prayer is. It's us plugging in to God. It's us. If you want to have a life that's full, want to do things, that you really got to connect, to connect to Him. And so often we find as Christians that we... You know, I mean, that connection is either not long enough or, you know what I mean, or, or doesn't exist at all. In Jesus' day, people prayed three times a day. They prayed as the, as the sun came up, they pray at midday and they pray as the sun goes down. Three prayers in, in, in the day. And you'll find this in Jesus' life. Often they say Jesus is up a mountainside. And it'll either be evening in the morning. You know what I mean? This one was in the morning. They went to find him. Where was he's up a, uh, a mountainside? Remember when Jesus feeds the 5,000? He says to his disciples, get in the boat, cross the lake. I'll dismiss the crowd. He dismisses the crowd. And he heads straight for the mountainside again. Why? To pray to connect to the Father. And, and so Jesus had this pattern where I believed he prayed three times a day as everyone else did. You know, the early church changed it. You know what they did? They changed it to seven times a day. When, when I was a kid, we used to sing a song in, in, in our youth group. And it was, do you want to hear it? You don't really. <laughs> Not from my singing voice. You used to go, I will praise him seven times a day, O oh Lord. Yeah, it was terrible back then as well. But, uh, but we, 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 you know, they connected. They, they wanted to connect with God more and more. So, so, so they, they actually increased it to seven times. So they would pray as the sun came up at 9 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, at 6 o'clock, as the sun goes down, and at mid, uh, midnight. And they would meet in the temple courts to do this. This lasted for a period of time until they were being persecuted and they couldn't gather in the temple anymore. But they had this pattern where where they would meet together to pray. So let's uh, look at the, the scripture a bit more in, in, in detail then. So, uh, so Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8, let's have a, a peek. It says, also, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the in the synagogues, synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. Has anyone got a different version to this? 
Anyone working a bit older? Used to say, go into your closet. Close the door. Anyone remember that? Go into your closet. I used to think, you want me in my wardrobe? Have you seen my wardrobe? I hardly fit. It used to baffle me until someone explained to me what actually that meant. A prayer wardrobe or a prayer closet was... Jews had a, a prayer shawl that you'd, they'd use to pray. When they pray, they lift it over their heads. And what they called a prayer closet is when you take the ends, okay, and you wrap it like this, then you're completely wrapped up. And they called that their prayer closet. And so they would pray and not let the rest of the world go unseen as they could pray to their Father. Space, finding the right place to pray is really good. I don't, I don't know where, where, where you go to pray, but you need to find space, space where you can connect with God. Jesus found it in the mountainsides. But where do you find it? I know of some people who find that space when the kids go to school and they can sit down and have a coffee and connect with God. Some people connect in the car on the way to work. Some people connect as they, as they walk their dog. Uh, a minister once told me a story where he'd gone to preach in a church. It wasn't his church, it was another church. And when he got there, he thought, they're not praying, I need to pray, I need to pray. So he had to find space. And the only place that he could find is that he went to the toilet and he locked the door and he sat in the toilet and he's praying. And he goes, as I'm praying, he said, I've got this feeling that someone is watching me. And he opened his eyes and there's a head sticking at the bottom of the, the door, you know the bit where it's usually some writing along saying, beware of limbo dancers. There's this head, head there looking up and he goes, are you okay, pastor? He's like, yeah, just finding space to pray. He said, shall I gather the others and we can join you? He went, no. <laughs> we need to find our space, our place where we can connect to the Father. And it's important to find that, that place where you go and where you can connect. A place where it's just you and God. I have, I have a, in my office, I, I, I've got a teeny, it's that big, my office. It's not big at all. But I go in there through the week and I, I have candles. I am that type. And in the morning I light one. And in the lunchtime I light two. And in the evenings I light three. That's how cool it is. But finding that space and that place. Where's your space? If you haven't got one, find one. Make it a joy to go to, a place, a seat, whatever it is. Everyone got friends that phone up, and you know when they phone, they're not really interested in you, but they're after something. You know what I mean? Oh, George is on the phone. I'm like, oh, no. George, yeah, yeah. Because you know George is going to be like, how you doing, Stephen? I'm like, yeah, get over this. But you're like, how's the wife? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids good? Okay, yeah, yeah. How's the dog? Yeah, yeah. I was just phoning up to see if I can have this. Or will you do this? And you think, you never phone up for a chat. You always phone up for things. I can feel that can be a bit like us with God, can't it? You may ever think God sit there going, oh, no, Steve Thompson again. Oh, what's he wanting now? Here I come with my list. Oh, God, there's a few things on my list that I, I, I would like you to, to solve. God knows what we, what we need. 
before we ask. We don't need to go and ask for anything, really. Really, what God wants is us to connect. You know, to have a dialogue, not a, not a monologue. A dialogue where he speaks and we speak. That we get to know him. That he, he whispers to our souls. It's great when God speaks, isn't it? You know, sometimes he speaks through people. That always froze me. You ever have that? I once used to have this, this um, lady, young lady, who would, would send me cards of encouragement. She was like, keep going in the faith and, and have this verse. And, and, you know, it used to drive me mad because she didn't go to church. She was a churchy person. I'd be like, that's great. But she didn't go to church. She would just send me these cards. And I'm like, ah. And so I'd get to the point where I'm not even going to read it. And, and one day... She sent one, and I felt God say, read this. And I read it, and you know what? It was spot on what I needed to hear. God speaks, and sometimes we need to learn to tune in. God could be speaking to you from your crazy cousin, and you'd be like, I ain't listening to you. No, no. Maybe that person has got something to say to you. Maybe we need to switch on. God wants to communicate with us. And sometimes we need to be open to that. But it's not, it's not just us sitting there going, Lord, I want you to do this, this, and this, and this. It needs to be a dialogue where we speak and he speaks. And sometimes we need to wait for him to speak. Because sometimes he's not the quickest when it comes to speaking. Or maybe we are not the quickest to hear. It's a dialogue. Prayers shouldn't be sort of prayers of lust. You know I mean, the things that we want need to be prayers of love. And you've got to be careful. Because sometimes God wants us to be the answer to those prayers. You know what I mean? God may say sometimes, God, there's this, this, this family in church and they're, and they're struggling to pay, to pay for heat. Lord, please help them. And he goes, oh, absolutely. You're going to do it. And you're like, whoa, I didn't say that. <laughs> but that's, that's how he answers prayers. You are the answer to the prayers. That's how God works. You are his hands and feet in this world. And so sometimes when you pray, you've got to expect, though, sometimes we are that answer to prayer. Sometimes we are the ones that he wants us to go and do something. I should leave it open, shouldn't I? It'd help looking at it. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. That says two things. Our Father in heaven says two things. It says, one, we need to know who we are. We are His children. And two, who needs to know who he is. 
He is the Almighty, the one who can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible for him. He has authority, power over everything. So, so when it comes to prayer, we need to realize that who we are makes a difference. It says this in, in James. It says, um, you might need to help me with this. It says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. The prayer of the righteous is, is powerful and effective. Who are the righteous? I love it. I am made righteous because of Christ. He who had no sin became sin for us so that we become the righteousness of God. We are being put right by God, not of our own self, but because of what Jesus did for us. So when it comes to being righteous, we are righteous. We are the ones whose prayers are powerful and effective. Our prayers are powerful and effective because of what Jesus has done for us. So when we pray, you don't have to be sort of cowardly going, oh, if you want, if you can. It says our prayer is powerful and effective. Basically, it says when we pray, things happen. When we pray, lives change. When we pray, we change. You know, when we pray, we're inviting God in. It's like saying to God, come in. It says in, in Revelation 3.20, it says that God stands at the door and he knocks. Hi, it's me. Can I come in? Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm a bit busy. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. Hi, it's me. Can I come in? What? The place is a bit of a mess. That's okay. I, I can help clean it up. Some of the stuff's, uh, some of the stuff's broken. <laughs> it's okay. I used to be a carpenter. Uh, it's a bit of a mess. Don't worry. I'll come with the cleaning party. It's called the Holy Spirit. He comes. He's a gentleman. He won't kick that door in. He knocks and says, will you open up to me? Will you welcome me into your life? And then if I come in, things will start to change. The thing is, sometimes we just keep that door closed too much. And he's saying, come, open your, your hearts to me. Not just the first time when you find me, but every day, open your hearts let me come in. Let me make a change. Communication with him is personal. It's that relationship you have with God. And the last thing I want to say about prayer is prayer is like a weapon. It's like a weapon. It's a weapon that he gives to us. Why is it like a weapon? He said this, he said, he gives us authority over every spirit that is not like him. He gives us authority over every spirit that is not like him. Where we can go and change things because he gives us the power to, to, to bind and to loose. To, to loose means to allow and to, to, to bind means to not allow. 
so we can go in Jesus' name and say, the Spirit, the Spirit of hostility we come against, but the Spirit of peace we bring. The Spirit of hate we, we, we bind, but the Spirit of love we lose. There's things that we can do that makes a difference. You know, I've gone into meetings where I've walked in and literally people have been screaming at each other. And this is supposed to be church meetings. I'm thinking this is supposed to be people can tell we are Christians by the way we love and people are shouting and getting upset. And I go in and I think, oh, what do we do here? We just pray in the name of Jesus. Let peace rule here. You can make a difference with the prayers. Prayer is a weapon that he gives us to use for his kingdom. I don't know about you, but um, I feel that prayer has been something that I really need to work on. And so I've been trying to think of a way that, uh, that would help me and possibly help you in the future. So I'm, I'm thinking... It would be good if we could pray every day. And it would be good that we could, could build it up. But, you know, prayer is, is, is something that, you know, I mean, we, could, we always can do better and do more of. But I'm wondering if I can challenge you this, this, this morning to be a little bit more committed to prayer than what you are. This is what I'm aiming for. Someone went to, to uh, Smith Wigglesworth, this famous famous evangelist, and said, uh, how long do you pray for? And he says, I pray for 20 minutes. And this guy looked at him and went, 20 minutes, is that all? He says, I pray for 20 minutes. And he says, but I don't go 20 minutes without praying. If we want to see God really work in our lives, we've got to give him a little bit of room. My, my goal and maybe this could be your goal, is to get up to, to praying 30 minutes in a day. And for me, I split it over three periods of time. So 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at lunchtime, 10 minutes at evening. And then I split that up a bit because I spend, I spend some time reading my Bible, some time praying, some time worshiping. So, so over those periods of time, it's split up a little bit, a little bit more. How about you this year giving a little bit more to God in prayer? Let me pray, because that would be the best way to end. Father, we, we do love you, and we do want to pray more, but sometimes, Father, we get distracted. Sometimes we feel that life's too busy to pray. Sometimes we forget. But, Father, I pray that you just nudge our hearts. May we be, be people who connect with you. May we know your power and your, your, your movement in our lives. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Guess who's back? <laughs> hey, isn't that a wonderful sight? Isn't it great? A great privilege to have kids here in our church. Um, Scott's going to lead us as we come towards the end.